Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Angeles. Happy 100th episode, Kirby Johnson. Wow. This feels like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm surprised or like, I can't believe, I don't know. I don't know how to feel it's about it. It's almost like how like, we're like, oh my God, I can't believe 2020 is over. And oh my God, I can't believe that we're, it's still 2020. It's sort of like that. But like, more positive yeah a more positive uh outlook like i we feel like, like we've, we've been, been doing, doing this forever, forever but, but then not also, oh my god i can't believe you know i can't believe it's only been 100 episodes i know it's so exciting for our 100th episode is this our centennial episode is this what we would call it or is that what they call it is, i don't know oh sounds fancy i'm just what do you what do i if this is like our it's not really our hundredth anniversary, but it's not gold because that's fifty. Anyways, I'll I get you something pretty. If we sell celebrate one hundred, that means we have to gift each other tie dye sweats. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't have enough of those. I know. Wow, we don't have enough tie dye sweats. Such a bummer. Major major <laughs> bummer. So this is very exciting. We have the lovely and fantabulous Jen and Jess of Fat Mascara on Los Angeles today. As Jen likes to say, they are our sisterin, which is like the opposite of brethren. <laughs> yes. Our sisterin from New York. Which and we're the Valley Girls. And they're our New York counterparts. <laughs> and no, but we obviously, when you hear about beauty podcasts, the first one you usually hear about is Fat Mascara. They are the gateway drug into beauty podcasts. Are they the first? I think they are. They are the first duo beauty editor beauty podcast. And they started, did they say 2013? 2015. I think 2015 or 2014. 2017? Yeah. No, they met in 2013. They'll talk about this. They'll talk about where, right. how okay, they met. Yes. They'll get into all of it. We won't uh, butcher their meat cute. Basically, they've been doing it for a long time. Yes. And they've paved the way so that we could be here today. Totally. And we know that a lot of you that listen already are big fans of Fat Mascara. Um, if you have not listened into Fat Mascara, they're very similar to us in that we're all journalists. We all come at, you know, the beauty industry from our bird's eye view of everything happening in the the beauty world. And yeah, we have different perspectives on a lot of different things. Obviously, they're East Coast, we're West Coast, we have, um, you know, different styles, different preferences, things like that. But I think when you listen, not only to today's episode of Los Angeles, but if you listen to our episode of Fat Mascara that was released yesterday, there are similarities, there are things that uh, bring us together that we find useful and informative and, and and it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I honestly was really surprised because I, I told this to them when, when we recorded with them was that like we both were a little bit intimidated to come onto their podcast. Totally. And they they said that they were intimidated to come onto ours, our episode today, um, which you guys will be hearing a little bit more about. But um, they were just, it was just so much fun. Like it was literally just like, we got to talk to two other people who are just as obsessed with beauty and like the BTS of beauty. And we could have literally recorded for hours and hours and hours. It was so much fun. I know. So we decided that this is going to be a yearly ordeal where we do a pod swap at the end of the year to kind of commemorate the year in review with them. Hopefully they're down. But without any further ado, please enjoy this 100th episode of Los Angeles with Fat Mascara. Y'all, it's a very special day. 
because we have our sisters from other misters or misses. I don't know. I don't know your family background. Welcome, Fat Mascara, Jen and Jess. Y'all, this is our 100th episode. So we are celebrating our 100th with you two. And we can't even I, – I, who would be better? Who would be better? Yeah. We didn't even plan this, but it feels so right. Oh, That's so really excited. cool. Hi. Hi, guys. If you guys haven't listened to our episode with these lovely ladies, that episode went live yesterday, Thursday, and now we have our collab. And this was so much fun. Just a little backstory on how this all came together. We're both a part of the ACAST network. And ACAST came to us and said, hey, would you ever think about reaching out to Fat Mascara about a collaboration? And Sarah and I were like, would they ever even want (laughs) to collab with us? We were intimidated. Very, very intimidated. We were. So we were... We're a little like, okay, this is like, we don't want to like be embarrassed if they're like, no. So then we waited and then we reached out and it all came together and we had a blast on their show. Obviously, Total Pros paved the way for our little podcast that could. And now they're here with us and we're so excited. God, that's a really sweet story. (laughs) No intimidation. Just call. (laughs) Well, now we know. We're going to bug you all the time. Now we know. (laughs) So um, first and foremost, how have you ladies been holding up during 2020? Like year in review. What are your thoughts? Jess is a mom now. That's my highlight of the entire year. I'm, sp- I'm like speaking for you, Jess. You go first. What, how was your year? Um, I mean, it started off really great. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it started off great. Um, Jen and I, you know, we were recording with like some great guests for Fat Mascara. I was wrapping up work at Harper's Bazaar. I remember <laughs> like famous last words being like, everything's really falling into place. You know, like I was like, things are great at work. Things are great with the podcast and I'm about to have a baby. And I remember like, 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 like shuffling my papers, like into like a little stack at work and being like, I guess I'm going to sign off now. Like, it's just like, like leaving work, like taking a stupid selfie, like, wow, I'm really lucky. And then like, (laughs) you know, a lightning bolt, like struck, you know, the entire universe. And, um, you know, it I feel very fortunate like how I've ridden out the pandemic you know I, I Jed and I've managed to keep going with this and um you know I have a healthy baby and my I'm still employed so I I can't complain but um yeah I think it's been a really horrible year for humanity and you know the world so I learned a lot this year you know, I'm just kind of trying to keep things in perspective. And, you know, I, I maybe it sounded kind of dorky, but like we talked about, it's not dorky. I'm not going to, I have to stop qualifying everything. Um, you know, I've been, definitely been like trying to practice a lot of gratitude this year, which is really important because it's just been put a lot of things in perspective. Totally. And I, I just want to say, I think that like a lot of us, you know, working in beauty and we're like, our jobs are not important, especially with everything that's going on right yeah. now in the world. But we get so many messages from our sweet listeners that say that like this has really helped them during these stressful times. And I'm sure that all of your listeners feel the same exact way. Like listening to Fat Mascara is their form of self-care and or they're doing, you know, they're listening while they're, you know, doing their skincare routine or taking a bath or taking a walk. So like what you guys are doing is really important. So same to you. Same to you. I hope so. Like I can't listen to Yeah, I can't listen to like the news every single minute you know i have to take breaks to listen to other things and same find silly things and you know fun things to listen to so jen i'm gonna throw it to you oh am i meant to answer as well it's your show guys i think Tell so me. yes <laughs> please um what a bit yeah i quit my big my job at mary claire to focus on this podcast and that was rewarding so it you know we've built and grown the podcast we're doing two episodes a week um i got a dog i got a new like Little niecey baby lake. Adorable, adorable dog. And I learned so much this year, especially with, um, you know, all the riots back in June and just connecting with the Black Lives Matter movement and just the inclusivity of this beauty industry opening up and just thinking about things in a different way. Like I question everything now in this way that makes me really happy about what I'm doing and just being a journalist. And I don't know, it's been a good year. It really has at the end of it. If you had asked me back in April, maybe not. But I love that perspective. 
we all had like the doomsday outlook, I think, back in March and April. And and obviously, you know, habits are built in eight weeks. Like I think now we're kind kind of trying to get some semblance of normalcy and it doesn't feel as scary, even though it does feel scary. It's like you can feel two things at the same time, right? Um, Jen, I did want to say on y'all's episode, you were saying that you thought you and Sarah were like the peas in the pod and then me and Jess were the peas in the pod. But I have to say, I, I, I think that like if I'm doing the diagonal in the, the quadrant, I don't even know if it's coming towards you if is you it, can see that. Is it because of the mom thing? I think the mom thing. And then Jen and I oh. both quit our jobs. We both focused on the pod. We both got dogs. See, I feel like. We, we all are we connected. We just have all sorts of connections. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know that a lot of our listeners already listen to Fat Mascara, but maybe some of them haven't. And we would love for you guys to kind of tell us how you, the story of how you met and how Fat Mascara came to be. Oh, we haven't done this in a while, Jess. No, no. Do you want to kick it off or should well, I? Jess always tells the story because she's yeah. the one who had the idea. But how would I talk about you, Jess? Is that good? Go, go ahead. Go Maybe ahead. I'll put a new spin on the whole thing. <laughs> it was way back in 2015. <laughs> and with the best part, okay, so Jess and I well, it was barely... 20, it was 2013 when I met you, which is crazy. Is it really? Oh, wow. It was wow. 2013 when we went on the trip. Okay, we went on a trip to Ghana um, to pick Shea Nuts and write stories about Shea wow. Butter. It was such an amazing experience. We had never met before, but we bonded on that trip. It was like, wait, where have you been? And a year or so later, Jess was thinking about putting together a beauty podcast. She took me out for a drink and she's picking my brain and she's like, I, I pitched it to this producer and, you know, I, they think it might be better with a co-host and I want a co-host. And immediately I just like start throwing out names. I'm like, what about this person? You could do it with them because of this or that person. And she just looks at me. Jess has the best faces. They're just like so charismatic and just like says everything. And I was like, oh God, what am I doing wrong? And she's like, uh, I was thinking of you as my co-host. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just it weirdly coalesced so easily because we both had similar ideas about how we could make it like a magazine but an audio version of a magazine there'd be the little bitsy upfront stuff then the meaty well with like features which are interviews and a little something at the end and from there it was just like we hit the ground running and here we are I like the I like the retelling Jen oh thank you <laughs> it was also more concise we'd still be at the airport if I were telling it <laughs> So, and then the name, Fat Mascara, how'd you guys pick that? We had, a, like, you know, we were tasked to come up with a name, obviously, you know, I, we had the ideas and everything, um, but there were so many, like, dorky kind of ways to do the name, like, yeah, the, you know, be the beauty show, you know, like, <laughs> all these That's weird, probably a podcast. Weird, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the, the, all these, like, puns and everything, and Honestly, this is going to sound so like, it just came to me. But like, it just kind of, I was thinking like, what are two words that are just going to like jump out? And then at the time there were all of these, it was such a, Jen, I know you like remember this time just as clearly as I do. At this time, there were like all of these mascaras that were coming out that were seriously like the size of like this. I'm holding yeah. up a water bottle. <laughs> and it, it was like the mascara wars. And they were fatter and fatter and fatter. And it just kind of like jumped out. It was like Dior show. No, yeah. thank you. Let's go bigger <laughs> and bigger. <laughs> and it was just like ludicrous and silly. And I also liked the, the word fat in it. It was just like, oh, no one's going to forget something with fat. Like, Or even when you're like scrolling through, you're like, oh, fat mascara. I want to know more about that. Yeah. It jumps out to you. Yeah. I don't think honestly, like I don't think I would come up with that today because I'm just like a little bit older. No, no, we're doubling down on it because I've been thinking yeah. it's FM, Fat Mascara and FM yeah, Radio. Yeah. We did not think of this at the time, yeah. but like we're almost like, you know, we're audio. So FM makes sense. It has levels, yeah, guys. There's it a, has levels. There was just a lot. Of, yeah, there was a lot to like about it. And I was like, OK, you're not going to forget it, even if you don't like it. So no, it's perfect. Thank you. Okay, so uh, as you both know, on every episode that we have with guests, we always start with one question, which is, what's on your face? <laughs> Do we say that in unison? I don't know. You've never said it like that. <laughs> Editing magic. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, so who wants to start? 
Jen, do you want to start? What's on your face? Well, I always get thrown by this. I mean, it's not always just on your face. Sometimes it's like a hair thing or whatever, right? Yeah, right. And as I was putting my face on to see you guys, I was like, oh, they're going to ask me. So is there like a specific thing I want to mention? And it always comes down to one product for me, and it is on my face today. And that is the Skin Medica TNS Serum. Now, Kirby, I'm due for my bobo which is the word I've been working into my language <laughs> lately. And that's Botox for everybody else who's adult like me and didn't realize what she was saying. Um, and so, like, I'm, like, four months out, and I'm telling you this serum, like, if you can't afford Botox, it's the closest thing. It has growth factors, which work on so many levels. I'm not going to get into Gen Science Corner with you on it all. But, like, if you can't handle retinol, <laughs> but you want those kind of results, you want epidermal growth factors, they just cost a lot more money than retinoids. So that's the only down side to them but they do shit I got collagen pumping smoothing you know spot fading and it's all in the mm-hmm. serum and I've been using it um for a while and they actually just like upgraded the formula so there's like an upgraded version and it's amazing it used I, to have like a little bit of a hot doggy smell and it doesn't anymore so <laughs> oh the hot dog smell that's so that's so visceral sorry <laughs> right I just started using it uh on Sunday and I'm very eager to see the results 30 days guys like you know that too I tell everyone um but that's one of those products where I was like okay three weeks in I saw a difference for sure Ooh, amazing Jenny Bailly from Allure came on our podcast and talked about that product as well so now everyone has to use it beauty editors love it so yeah totally Jess I mean I feel like it's probably evaporated because they put it on early this morning and since that I've been outside a bunch of times but the Charlotte Tilbury magic cream I love it. Me too. It's it, it gives you that instant kind of I like that it's very thick. I like a very thick cream. No water creams for me, no gels, no thank you. It's like I feel like it's just like evaporates right away. But this is very thick and it's very creamy and it gives you um a glow. There's something in it that I feel like just gives you a little bit more of like a luster to your skin and I think it's a nice base for makeup and um like you know, gel on that gel cream blushes and products like that so yeah that's what's on my face are you a cream cream creme moisturizer girl year round absolutely oh so we are that's our connection no time for gels and water based things we're dry skin duo over here at fat mascara yeah and it's just getting drier by the minute yeah can i join i was gonna say that magic cream is one of the only um skincare products produced by like a cosmetics brand that I really like trust and enjoy using. We talk a lot about how, you know, sometimes if makeup brands create a skincare line, we're like super sus and, and there are exceptions obviously, but the magic cream has always been like integral to Charlotte's brand and I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. I remember she gave a little pot out like, in tw- this is the magic year in 2013 she gave a little pot out to her editor pals and she's like this is a sample of something i'm creating and i used it on a like a weekend trip and i was like this is amazing like when is it coming out like it was that good like i noticed right away i didn't wear any makeup that weekend it was that good she in true char fashion had a big carnival at the grove when they launched in nordstrom and it was like a complete circus to say the least like like trying to interview her in that setting imagine her like trying to focus on one thing it just is not gonna happen darling no (laughs) somebody go get the supermodel legs and put it on a like i mean i literally was like doused in the supermodel legs um but we love charlotte tilbury here we stand for her um okay so we have the two amazing uh, members of Fat Mascara on this podcast today because we felt it was important to forecast 2021. We've seen what has happened this year. We've we've seen the results of the pandemic, how eyes have had it this year. People are focusing more on their skin. Mask knee is a huge problem. And when we were talking about collaborating, we thought, okay, obviously we should get Jen and Jess to predict the future and tell us what we should <laughs> be looking out for in 2021. So We have our thoughts, Sarah and I, but we're going to go through our little quad and just kind of like, I feel like this is kind of like school presentation-y. Like, okay, this is why I think this is going to be popular next year. Um, So 
ladies, which one of you wants to go first? What what do you think is going to be big for beauty in 2021? Or like what you're you're excited about too? Yeah, what you're excited about. All right, Jen, you want me to go? Yes, please. Okay. Um, what I'm excited about is something I'm calling it the return to science, or we can say um, kind of everyone is going to have a bit more of a skeptical eye and embrace science a bit more. So I think with the pandemic, and there's like a bunch of factors, I wish I had like a like a sheet, like a little... um. Yeah, where's your PowerPoint? I'm getting into this. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I think there's a few things happening. I think like with the pandemic, a lot of people who had the time were spending more time on Instagram and social media and all that. So they're like learning more about, they're spending more time with the beauty influencers, they're spending more time with the beauty community. And in this beauty, in, in this moment, we're seeing people who used to kind of expound about what's good and what's bad especially in skincare be kind of like pushed to the side or having to share space with some new players and those new players are actual scientists or people with scientific degrees so before you had for the past five years a lot of founders and people who and marketers and this is no disrespect to them, but telling um, their story maybe was like um, an origin story about their brand, why they decided to find, you know, to create, you know, X product or marketers, you know, working for big brands. Maybe they didn't, you know, found the product, but explaining why this brand is so amazing and using words like non-toxic or natural of this earth, you know, the, the whole word bank that we're all, you know, familiar with. Now they're sharing space with a group of people who over the pandemic are really science-based. And these people are like kind of like stealing the mic from them a little bit and talking about actual studies. Well, those people are using studies too, but these people also came armed with studies and now these people are a little bit of the celebrities and these are doctors, dermatologists, they're cosmetic chemists. And it's really interesting to see that these people are becoming like just as famous or they're on their way to becoming just as famous. And it's kind of crazy that like they're, sorry, I feel like I'm doing like a little bit of a TED talk, but I think it's like interesting that now in this year where like science is such a like hot topic and it's kind of like a most urgent topic not necessarily with like face wash and masks and everything but these guys are the rising stars and I think in 2021 that's only going to continue and you're going to see some tension are you guys noticing this too like with with you know you guys are really plugged into like the influencer thing I think probably you know since because you guys started I think you know a little a few years after I came up I was gonna say like I know you've had Michelle Wong on um Lab Muffin Beauty Science Lab Muffin yeah and Ron Ron Robinson yeah I should mention some of these people by name yeah Ron Robinson Michelle Wong um aka Lab Muffin um sister scientist you know Ranella Hirsch we just had her on she's a dermatologist but she's gotten so much traction and Jen and I have known Ranella for almost 20 years but she's blown up on Instagram because she's you know speaking about things that a lot of people have taken for granted not because they were trying to like spread mistruths or doing anything there's like- such parallels to the way covid went down like they're the fauci's they're up there with the science yes, yes, yes. i love that yeah like she's like a fauci and and i don't think anyone i shouldn't say not, well, and i talked about this and this is where she was kind of like uh, uh, i'm not so sure jess i was saying i don't think anyone is doing this in a in a nasty way and that's where you know we kind of got to the well are some people kind of fear-mongering for their own benefit that's a separate issue i don't want to really get into that here but i think a lot of people have been 
with the most with the best intentions telling their friends don't use that that's not good for you because they've heard that from their friend i don't want to get into are brands doing that for the best i don't know but i think just peer to peer listener to listener they don't know and a lot in the ranellas of the world the michelles the rons um you know these people who are coming up i think they're doing amazing work by getting in the game where that was not their space their space was in the lab their space was in you know they, they weren't trying to be internet stars and i'm happy that they're jumping in the game so that is my trend for 2021 to see more of these voices i have a question not talking about those amazing people that you've already mentioned but the other like <laughs> what do we think about like the dermatologists and uh like even dentists who are on tick the dancing doctors on tiktok i love the dancing doctors you know i i'm not as you know well versed in the dancing doctors i have seen them i don't want to like speak to the specifics (laughs) i think the dancing doctors feel like so many of us, like, do we have to be on TikTok doing the dance to stay relevant? I think a lot of them have a gun to their head yes. from their publicists or from their peers <laughs> saying you want. I don't know. To- some of them look really into it. <laughs> I think some of them probably are. But I think a lot of them are like, you know what? This is the future. And I'll never forget Orlando Pita said something on our show. This was like episode like 12 or something. It was like one of the first people. I was like, we've got to get him on because like I loved him. And he said something that and I thought, you know, we were going to have like a 90s fest. And I would just ask him about like, what about this show? What about that show? And he would like not indulge me. And he said, you know, he was like, he wasn't like, I'm not going to talk about it. But he didn't want to live in the past. And he ended up talking about the internet and like social media and stuff and he's like to me it's like the railroad you have to either like get on board or like be left behind and I was like oh shit like so I wonder like I don't know if TikTok is necessarily like that thing but I think with a lot of the doctors who like want to be the cool doctor I think maybe they feel they have to do that I feel like we need more doctors on TikTok, to be completely honest, because I'm very active on TikTok, not like posting, but I consume a lot of TikTok, okay? And I remember one time I decided I was going to post my little beauty editor talk saying, hey, guess what? Pores don't open and close. That's just like not a thing that happens. And the comments I received from 12-year-olds, CEO of not knowing how pores work. Oh, really? Pores don't open and close? So then what happens when you put cold water on your face? How did you feel? (laughs) I was like, you weren't even alive when I started doing this. Like, what are you talking about? No disrespect to the children on TikTok. But that being said, we need more people actually educating because I know Michelle Wong is pretty um, active on TikTok, but we need like like I want Renee Rouleau to get on TikTok because that woman is just a Bible of amazing information that she's learned her in her like 30 year tenure as an esthetician you know what I mean so like yeah I want her to get on and talk about that I want um you know I would love my dermatologist to go on Ron needs to get on TikTok like the more people that have this science background that understand how products are formulated that understand the results that it can have on the skin um how different ingredients work together um in these formulations like I want more of that for the younger generation because clearly they're believing things that they are seeing in commercials or, you know, seeing. Or like the youths just discovering Nair on TikTok. Y'all, they posted, they, and this makes me sad. It was on the Zoe Reports TikTok. They were like, hey, y'all, there's this thing. It's a cream. And when you put it on the legs, it just wipes the hair right off and it makes your pores smaller. I'm like, congratulations. That's called Nair. It's been around since 1492, since Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And it's a depilatory. (laughs) It's not going to make your pores smaller. And it burns. And I can testify because I got a lip burn when I was in sixth grade. So, like, stuff like that. I, I am totally on your side with this, Jess. Like, I think science is going to become the forefront of 2021. And I think 
people that consume beauty content and buy beauty products and love this industry and, and this category are going to start second guessing everything that they've really thought they knew or have been taught by brands or founders and things like that. Um, I told I told Sarah this and I like made a joke about it on Twitter recently, but I was like, I'm going to start bleeping when guests use the word non-toxic on the podcast like it's a curse word. That's really funny. And yeah, and I don't know about like how you view your show, but like, you know, we are not like a gotcha show. Well, I mean, your show is not a gotcha show. I know that. But like, I still look at like, you know, if we invite someone on our show, like they're a guest like in our home, so to speak, you know, like they're the last thing I want is for people to be like, oh, we are, you know, the the snarky, you know, nasty girls of, you know, beauty. You know, totally. I don't want that. So same. And I, I feel like we all see eye to eye on that. It's like if we're invited, yeah. it's kind of like red table talk. Like we'll bring you to the table yeah. and yeah. like we'll ask you the questions. It's up to you how you come off. Um, but at the same time, like if there's something just blatantly incorrect, I edit this podcast, I'll delete it. Like, I'm just like, I'm not going to be responsible for sharing misinformation or making people even more confused if it is like scientifically incorrect. So yeah, it's it's such a, a weird world. And I think we all try our best to deliver information that's accurate and and we can hold people accountable for. But hopefully in 2021, there are a lot more of not even, I, I hate calling them skin influencers, like just the legitimate professionals, Right. Science professionals, <laughs> science experts. You hate skin influencers, but your trend that you want to talk about is one of those portmanteaus, inflammaging. <gasps> Don't you love how we come up with these words? <laughs> that's true, but that's actually a medical term. It's not a marketing term. Ooh. So I can't wait to get into it. I like with it. You guys. Yeah, no, Kirby, you should go talk about it. Okay. So I, I love that. See how I threw it to you? I did that. Girl, you're a host or something. You must know what you're doing. It's like we should make a quad podcast. <laughs> we should. Tell us about, first, I've been calling it skin flamaging. Is that pretentious? So inflamaging, trust me, when I was- It is inflamaging? No, it's not. When I first started oh. saying it, I said it like you, Jess. I was like being so bougie with it. And I'm like, inflamaging? Like, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we do this? But it's inflamaging. It is a portmanteau of inflammation and aging. And I first heard about this term in March, like right before the pandemic. I got sent a product and I was like, inflammaging, that's interesting. I was in initially interested because I truly believe inflammation is the root of all evil when it comes to skin issues. Um, it causes a lot of problems. It's especially prop, uh, popular with people that have acne. Um, and so I was like, this is an interesting product. Like, let me learn a little bit more about it. And when I got online, there were no beauty articles about it. There wasn't anything like, you know, inflammation is like the next big beauty trend. There were just medical journals about it. So this initially was kind of something that um, piqued my interest. And the medical field has actually been studying inflammation for the better part of a decade. Um, it's actually been focused around osteoarthritis and how it affects people that that deal with osteoarthritis. Inflammaging, the, the technical term, I'll read it here just to be 100%, it's a low-grade chronic inflammation that leads to aging. Like I said, the reason why I think that this is actually gonna become more popular is that I'm starting to see more products pop up from new brands using this term. And I, al I almost want to use this as like a cautionary tale to people because there are going to be brands that use this as their marketing term. And then there are going to be brands that actually have like the clinical trials to prove the science behind this. And I just, I can see the beauty industry running with this term and it just being everywhere next year for a few reasons, because of the pandemic, because of mask knee, because of the skin irritation that people have been dealing with for the better part of a year. Can I show you guys the yes, product I'm talking yes. about? I'm sure you guys have it. It's called Hero. Okay. And as you can see, I've been using it. Um, it's spelled H-E-R-A-U-X. The H and the X are important here. It like kind of feeds into the ingredient that makes this product unique. So Hero contains a molecule called HX1. It's a molecule that stops the effects of inflammation on your stem cells. They studied it, it does. You're saying it does. It 100% does. There are there are plenty okay. of clinical trials that prove this, especially in relation to osteoarthritis. 
But these doctors who created Hero, who I had the pleasure of speaking with, Ben and Amir, they said that they were really just doing their thing in the lab. They had no perspective on skincare. They weren't like, we're going to make a skincare line. They were just trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to these you know, stem cells? Is there something that we can do with these molecules that make them A, more stable, but B, protect them from the adverse effects of inflammation? And they were able to manipulate this molecule to keep it from being affected by inflammation like right out the gate. So they were like, okay, if this works for, you know, knee joints, for instance, what's stopping this from working for your skin? They put this product, this particular molecule, the HX1, through an independent clinical study with 30 different patients. The results are truly incredible. And I think because of this particular product, which is now like available on Revolve, we're going to start seeing this term. And I feel this way because I have seen several other brands start to come out with their inf- inflammaging products. They won't get to have that proprietary molecule though, right? That is correct, Jen. So, okay. But you think just like the idea? Of- I think the idea. And that's kind of why I'm saying I almost want this to be like a PSA, like a precautionary <laughs> measure, like... Just because something says it's inflammaging, you really need to do some research and look into it. Are there clinical trials behind it? What does it have in it? Well, guess what? This molecule, the HX1, it's patented and it's only found in this particular product. But you want things that are anti-inflammaging, right? So you like you think you'll see products that are fighting inflammaging. I can't say this word, but anti Yes, anti-inflammaging. Inflammaging. So you think it's going to be a big marketing term for 2021? Everyone's going to be using it. Because think about it, y'all. Like, we're talking about inflammation even more now than ever. And, you know, I've seen, I've gotten pitches nonstop about inflammation and acne being, you know, the reason why you have maskne. I just know that there are people... in their brand meetings right now going, ooh, yeah, there's like some science behind inflammaging. Let's see if we put it on this product, if we can, you know, fly some off the shelves. And the the clinical results of Hero are, are truly like, I'm very suspect of everything. I'm like, okay, yeah, right. Like, sure. And I have been using it. I personally think that my skin looks better than it ever has. Kirby, with the infl- inflammaging, inflammaging, do you, for those of us who might be looking for an inflammation product, is there some kind of word? An anti-inflammation an anti, product. Yeah, no, we, we don't want the inflammation, <laughs> sorry, an anti-inflammation product. Should we be looking for something that says like anti-inflammation, like reduces blah, blah, blah? Or like what kind of clinicals? Like basically, if we're not going to buy that one in particular, is there kind of a guideline that you would recommend? So this is what I actually, I asked the doctors, um, because I was like, listen, what if somebody can't get a whole, this is a $212 product, okay? This is a a, a prestige luxury. How much is it? $212. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Like, what should, what should we look for? So it's not, this is like La Mer level, okay? And I asked, I'm like, what happens if somebody maybe can't get a hold of this in their country or like they just don't have the budget at this point like this molecule is proprietary to them right but a lot of brands are going to start focusing on that term anti-inflammaging so look for ingredients that are calming and soothing to the skin so let's say like you're picking up a product for maskne because it's the obvious Uh, example right now you know I I would go with less astringent ingredients I would go with like Sika um Centinella yeah oh I love a Sika cream right love some Um, tiger grass (laughs) so like tiger grass in 2021 can start to market Sika pear as anti-inflammaging or not start but you think that they might We'll see more of that. I, I love Dr. Jart, so I don't want to like say that they're going to do that because I would be a yeah, little yeah, yeah. sus. But, and and actually, I love that you guys asked that question because like now it's like maybe this term is going to evolve into something completely different. Like when I hear this term, I'm like, I almost think of it as like an anti-aging measure. You know what I mean? But now 
maybe it really isn't focused so much on the aging aspect. Maybe it's about calming the inflammation that you have that results in the acne, that results in the you know, eczema or psoriasis uh, flare up or, or even hyperpigmentation, which can be exacerbated by inflammation. So I don't know. I think that it's, the world is anti-inflammaging. As Jess says, watch this. space. Watch the space. That's how we that's always end a segment when we're not sure what how to end it. Like, you know, when you're winding down, you're like, so watch this space. <laughs> it's a really interesting space. You guys, can we make this episode like a yearly thing? So then end of 2021, we check in and see how our predictions went. They're like, Kirby, wrong. Ah. <laughs> you failed. So far, we have a new line coming out from some cosmetic chemist somewhere that's focused on anti-inflammation, combining <laughs> your two trends. Jen, do you want to take the stage? Yeah, actually. Um, so thinking of 2021, I'm actually going to do you one better. I'm going to go to 2022, guys. Oh, shit. That's right. Wow. So this year, when the coronavirus stimulus package passed, there was this hidden clause in there on like page 440 of the 800 pages. Oh, my God. You're getting financial. I'm not going to get financial. I'm not going to get as wonky as I got on our podcast. I'm going to do these girls a favor. <gasps> Basically, oh, I, love it. I love it. It talked about how they're going to speed up the FDA approval process for new sunscreen ingredients, something they've been trying to do for a long time, and there has been zero movement. And so it was tacked onto the coronavirus stimulus relief package, which means it is now moving to law and the FDA will be able to expedite the sunscreen approval process for new sunscreens. For people who know, that means all that stuff that's available in Europe that you can't get here and Australia and Japan that you can't get here will now, well, actually, because of how long it takes, I think it'll more be like 2022, you will be getting better sunscreens. So this th puts into a bigger trend, though. Oh, just for like an example, because I like there's this an ingredient called bimotrizinol. It's like in all of those amazing Japanese sunscreens because it's a UVA and UVB protector, but it's not approved in the U.S. That's the kind of thing that like two years from now, we might get to have that amazing sheer UVA, UVB protector because those are hard to find. Um, but it works into a bigger trend for me, which is that I think Gen Z, I'm hoping, is the first generation that gets that sunscreen is an anti-aging product and that will have access to like, they'll never have to have that cho chalky Zinca that we grew up with or like a weird pore clogging band de soleil that gave you like acne all over or whatever. So they're going to get these new ingredients and it's going to tie into them understanding that sunscreen is actually not just a health product, but also a beauty product. And we're just going to have a healthier future with less skin cancer and smoother skin because of this. That's my prediction. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. That was so efficient and clean. Like, I could just kiss you right now. Like, I freaking love <laughs> I'm well that. media trained, ladies. <laughs> I know it. I know it. But I just am so impressed. Okay, so on that note, which I totally agree with you, I think Sarah would agree as well. Did you know, I'm sure you did because you know everything, but like, did you know that hydroquinone is now officially only dermatologist prescribed because of the cares? Even in a little bit? At certain, even but just it's a tiny at, strength, right? At certain strengths, you can now only get it through a dermatologist and that's- Four and up or six and up with the percentages. You have to go to a derm. The CARES Act is actually responsible for this and it's why- Oh, the same one I was just talking yep, about. It's why- um, uh, Murad's, the rapid uh, lightning treatment, was completely reformulated. Um, Paula's Choice had to reformulate theirs. It it was they had a two yeah, percent wild, right? So that that the CARES Act really did some some things for the beauty industry. <laughs> That's amazing, it's crazy. Uh, Kirby, since you're on TikTok and connect with the Gen Z um, <laughs> youths, what do you know? What sunscreen they like to use? Like what? Oh, I, I came with that too, guys. Oh, sorry. I should have asked you. I should. I don't. I don't. I actually. I actually just donated this product. You know, Kinship. Do you guys know that skincare brand? Yeah. Yeah. They did a sunscreen, and I know that's big with the youth. The youths. The youths <laughs> of today. And of course, Cetaphil because of Harem. So, like, they have a whole not Cetaphil. Sorry. Cerave. Um, Cerave. Thank you. I always get those two mixed up. Cerave is the other one, right? What do you say, Kirby? Tell us what the youth are thinking. The youth love Purito, but now Purito is off. Now the bad, bad news bears, bad news bears. Yeah, I I have only heard about this brand through TikTok. So 
I feel like that's like the youth. So now we have my precious work wife, Sarah Tan. What do you think is going to be popular in 2021? You guys, my, I feel like mine is so lame. Com- well, not lame. It's just not as sciencey as everyone else's re- book report over here. But I think it it'll be very important, and it is a it is something um, that I think is going to be even more important next year as a result of COVID. I feel like everything is a result of COVID. Um, so you know, obviously, sustainability has, has been you know a priority for beauty brands and consumers over the past few years. But I think like because all of us have been stuck at home this past year, we've just realized like how much less we need and how much waste all of our products create and like just like take up space and like just you know like. I, we were talking about this on your guys's um uh or when we came on to your guys's podcast about how we're all just like pairing back now and maybe it has to do with age but I think it also just has to do with the fact that we're all you know stuck at home and we just don't need as much and so I think um and I have some stats because Kirby told me in our notes we have to come prepared with research <laughs> So sorry, uh, <laughs> I love this BTS of how Los Angeles gets it done. Like this is giving me ideas. <laughs> this is like serious. This it's is not like, that serious, you guys. Like what kind of like operation <laughs> do we need to rescue you? Sarah's like, oh get God. me the hell out of here, please, God. Sarah, <laughs> come. No, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm safe. She's powdering her forehead. She's sweating, Kirby. Back to my stats. Okay, so we know obviously like how much waste beauty and personal care products make. All of us have been working beauty for so long. So it nearly thirty percent of municipal solid waste is packaging and containers. And we know also that even when brands claim that their you know packaging and their cases and all and the compacts and everything are made with recycled packaging or plastic it's not actually recyclable 91 percent of plastics aren't recycled and then nearly 25 million tons are dumped into the ocean each year so 25 million tons of plastic are yeah and end up in the ocean ocean. yeah which is uh, really sad um so i think that as a result we are going to see a move towards more sustainable packaging in 2021. I think you can't be a brand that launches next year unless you use, you know, uh, if you're using plastic-free packaging or you're ditching, like, packaging altogether or you're using reusable, uh, you know, bottles or compartments. Um, So I think we'll definitely be seeing more of that. And then I think we'll see a lot of bigger brands, which, I, you know, I think – Unilever already made their like big pledge last year how they're gonna like I think they said they're they're gonna have their use of virgin plastic um and then you know the beauty brands within Unilever like Dove next year um a lot of the products that that we know and and love and use are going to um be available in more sustainable ways which I think is embargoed so we can't talk about it but I think you all know um, but yeah, so I think we'll definitely see that. And we know, especially yeah. here in LA and there's so many indie brands that have already been doing it like Noto and, um, there, there's a brand called, well, a lot of brands from like New Zealand, um, or Europe, like Lolly and Ethic have been doing plastic free packaging and pack package free products. But my question is. How are they going to do that in like a COVID world, like post-COVID, post-coronavirus world where it's like, you know what I mean? Like, because isn't that kind of germy? Is what germy? Like like walking into like a Lush store and picking a bath bomb. Like, is that going to be safe or are people going to want to do that when we're like allowed to go out in public and without masks? I'm just curious. What do you guys think? Oh, you're not being rhetorical. Sometimes I do that too and Jess thinks I'm doing like the sex in the city thing where like at the end she's like, the question is blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I think it's not going to bother me because like people bring their own totes and you'll just grab the thing that you want. I also have been tracking this story about bacteria being used as packaging. So basically it's a bacteria that like farts out this film that is basically a plastic so that it is a waterproof packaging material, but that yet is biodegradable because it's made out of um, organic materials. So it acts like plastic, but it's actually, you know, a a bacteria byproduct. Wow. Oh, and then I think that more brands are going to partner with like uh, companies like TerraCycle and and we'll be all be recycling more, hopefully, in the new year. One of the good things about social media and, you know, I think sometimes it's like a bit much, but I I, I don't personally feel comfortable doing this, but, you know, a lot of editors have spoken out about, they have called out brands. That's what I don't feel comfortable doing just for various reasons, but they'll, you know, take their phone, shoot the package that just arrived with the 45 layers of, you know, packaging and be like, hey, blah, blah, brand. You know, how can you call yourself ethical when you do blah, blah, you know, they're, they're starting to become more aware about like the hypocrisy that brands will say, you know, we are supernatural and give back and we are so in tune with the environment. And then they'll have these crazy mailers or crazy packaging. And I'm sure we're all thinking about the same, you know, <laughs> brands right now. And I think brands are starting to become aware. And also we had a, a great guest on, you know, he's a recurring guest. He's fantastic. Chris Skinner from Schoolhouse, which is like a beauty, um, you know, creative think tank. And they do all kinds of um, like packaging and store concept, blah, blah. And he was saying, you know, a lot of the luxury brands are going to have to start rethinking like what, like their luxury codes, like does... The brands on do the brands on Madison Avenue need to have a lipstick that weighs almost a pound to feel luxurious, and do consumers need that? You know, do, do they need to feel like that weight? Do they need a little velvet case that goes with it? And uh, you know, does it need to come in like a jewelry box, the dancing ballerina? You know, I all of those things are things we need to think about, and brands need to think about. So I'm hoping this evolution happens quickly because we don't have any time it is like it's so hard though and i know kirby feels this because she collects beautiful packaging makeup compacts and lipsticks and like there is something so special about opening like a beautiful product which i think i will miss but obviously not it not if it's you know gonna uh ruin the planet even more perhaps these things can coexist though like with your consumables like shampoo conditioner body soap that you go through so much is where we really need to see less packaging and you can still have like a beautiful powder compact that like makes you feel special totally okay i loved our presentations uh if i had to give a gold star to anyone i gotta give it to jen because literally that was most concise like here it is here's what i believe when you when you say things in such a beautiful way like that, people are more likely to believe you. I'm just gonna say you are an orator, my love. So gold star to Jen. The, the, the doctor dances and just point at statements. Yeah, you you gotta get you a TikTok so you can do 2021. Yeah, like that. Love it. Start pointing at the words. Okay, before we let you two go, we have to do our speed round. So we're gonna kick things off. Literally, first thing that comes to your head, you can explain it if you want. Sometimes. Sometimes we're just like, we want to know more and we'll ask you more. But uh, first question. This is so obvious. I'm sure you've gotten it a hundred times. Favorite Holy Grail mascara for each of you. Ugh. I'm going to go with Kevin Aquan, the volume. I really like YSL Faux Seal, but it dries out pretty quickly. So I have to re-get it over and over again, but I don't. So no, I, I just use whatever I'm trying at that point. Holy Grail skincare ingredient. If you just had to pick one. Epidermal growth factors. Done. You're not going to be super impressed by this, but probably just like ceramides. I think ceramides are going to have a comeback story next year, in my humble opinion. Great answer. I think like they've been like put to the wayside. They're used often, but I think next year it's going to be like ceramides, flashy and beautiful. (laughs) If I really wanted to scandalize you, I'd also say 
silicones. Oh, girl, we could have a whole conversation. I love a slip. Love yeah, a slip. I, w- I would add some silicones in there. <laughs> Silicone. Okay? Let's get some parabens in there. Let's preserve some shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Preserve it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. I want to develop this skincare brand where, like, you just call, like, it's the opposite of what everybody else is doing and, like, calls out. Because you could take a product out there right now. It's all not. And then just call out the stuff that's, quote, unquote, bad instead. <gasps> this is a funny meme. Somebody who makes memes out there, like, make a funny, like, little thing that I can repost because I don't have time to do it. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what splurge is worth the money? Is, does it have to be a beauty thing? No. Because, like, my coffee costs a lot. <laughs> Your coffee, like a machine maker? No. Like, now that I make my own coffee, like, I tried every drug or, like, supermarket brand, and none of it was good. And I was like, sorry, I now am a subscriber to the La Coloma oh coffee. Oh, my God, Jen, I love it. <laughs> and it's such a splurge. <laughs> I was not a huge splurge. We get like a pound cent every week and it's like, I don't know, it's totally worth it. It tastes a million times better. That's I a freaking... stupid answer. I'm going to think of something better later. No, I love it, it so much. It's perfect. You got to treat yourself. I love that. I know what Jess's is if she doesn't. Uber. Private tra- private transportation. Uber. Uber. <laughs> Leave me alone. I thought you were going to say sheets. I like nice sheets. Like, good yeah. sheets are but cool. I also like yeah. having my time back and like a minute to think if you could only use one skincare and makeup brand for the rest of your life what would they be okay i need to have a really good sunscreen so skin medica for my my skincare brand and for my makeup brand i'm gonna go with oh jillian dempsey oh that's good her stuff is really good i've been using those a lot this year yeah me too i'm using the cheek tint now i really like it it's like one of the oh, but she doesn't make a mascara, does she? Not yet, I don't think. Yeah, whatever. Those are my answers. I'll stick with it. For me, I would say Kiehl's for skincare, and I see results. I love it. It's consistently good. There's so much. There's so many good like fran- like like lines within, like sub lines within. Like you have like the dermatologist line. You have like the more sensorial line. It's so- she's just buying time while she thinks of the makeup. No, no, I know, I know the makeup right away. Um, I would say it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tight race. It's a tight race between Charlotte and Tom Ford. Charlotte was up there for me too. Yeah. Both worthy opponents. I love them. And Charlotte used to create the Tom Ford makeup. So let's not be surprised. We should have had you guys answer each other's like what you would think. <laughs> Dating? Yeah. Newlywed game. Newlywed game. <laughs> ne- next time. All right. Last question. You moved to LA to become a movie star. Your dream co-star is zendaya and we'll do like some girl road trip comedy but also with drama in it and she and i'll like just you know drive across the country and it'll be a great movie i'd watch it i guess i just want to hang out with zendaya sorry (laughs) (laughs) could she also be my love interest there's a lot of levels to my answer keep going christian bale yeah what's your movie I don't know. Ah. It, it's it's very intense. It's a romance. <laughs> it's a period. Oh, please. It's a period romance. I know my co-host. It's a Merchant Ivory style. <laughs> Fabulous. Am I right, Jess? Come on. No, I kind of like I kind of like the idea of modern and like it's it's there's moments of he's kind of funny in it, too. At times you get to see this different side of him that no one's seen that I bring out. Well, the more joyous side of him like people get to re-meet him like they get to see the side of him that no one's seen and you bring it oh, out yeah. in him but yeah. then he is also moody yeah he, they, but then they're also get the christian bale not the scary one that everyone is yeah. like really freaked out by right like who but, knew he's so cute and yeah funny. like he's you get to see the charming side of him but also like what you paid for <laughs> sarah who's your I, dream I, co-star I, it's so hard to answer i have no idea um, I was like trying to think. You, who's yours? Chris okay. Evans, romantic comedy, obviously. A we should, we should have, we Evans? should have kept it as oh, rom- romantic comedy as a theme, because then I would pick Michael B. Jordan. Love, love. Oh, he's cute. I'll put Zendaya. She's in my romantic comedy, and this is like these are four excellent movies that everybody needs to see. Yeah. Anybody producing movies these days, hit us up. (laughs) We could do like a Love Actually one where they follow all of our stories. But like 
a good version of love, actually. Okay, that's another rant for another time. <laughs> Unpopular Gents. opinion over there. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Jen's face. Kirby's editing the podcast so she can end it wherever she wants. You can't say that during December. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Jen's face when I said that. That was the best. Um, ladies, we adore you both. Um, we love what you have done for beauty podcasts and we really just want to thank you for taking the time spending last week with us, spending this week with us, um, having us on your pod, you coming on here. We hope we get to meet you IRL, uh, one of these days. It's 2021. Let's make it happen. When Jan and I come to go to LA to film. Correct. Correct. When you're filming your modern Christian Bale, uh, piece of of film <laughs> where can our listeners find both of you google <laughs> um like itunes spotify wherever you listen to podcasts amazing and they're at, at fat mascara verified got the check mark on ig oh we were supposed to give our handle there yep yeah. it's at fat mascara and um we're working on our tiktok so yeah there's that Watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. You know where to find us. We're at Los Angeles Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Search our page and join our Facebook group. And we will talk to you on Tuesday. Woohoo! up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com